Hello everyone, this is Moya from How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood. And let me tell you what's going on, why you don't hear our theme music and George is not coming behind me. We did a reaction video for Night of the Living Dead, 1968's George Romero's Night of the Living Dead. And we had a whole bunch of audio and recording issues, so it was really crazy. So we're trying to salvage what we can of that episode, but we do have the audio for you and you're going to hear things out of sequence. Spoiler alert. We're talking about the ending of the movie. So if you're like me and Georgia, who had never seen the movie before, you might want to, uh, skip the podcast. till after you've seen the movie, we saw it on YouTube for free and then come back and listen to the podcast. So spoiler alert, spoiler alert, but enjoy this with us. We hope to see you again and again and again. So here's how Betty Davis saved my life. Yes, we did get a life lesson from this classic Hollywood horror film. Surprisingly, shockingly to us. We hope you enjoy it. Let us know what you think on our Facebook page by the same name. And we look forward to always being with you guys. Enjoy. And please excuse all the technical issues. Bye-bye. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here's the test <laughs> of race relations in this movie. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, right here, this is like the most crucial part of the whole movie, as far as I'm concerned. Now, did you see a did you see any black zombies? And did you see any of them with a damn gun? Oh, crap! No! And you know, I think they did this on... They did this... I love this ending. They did this on purpose. Oh, my God! They did this on purpose. This movie... I, I can't believe this movie was made. I love the ending. I, I, I knew it. Okay, go. I knew it. I knew it. And I, they did this on purpose. He survived all that. And get and then they go oh, and now they're gonna hack him up. Look, you see what they're doing with the meat hooks? Oh. I love the ending. You did not see one black zombie and no zombie carried a gun. What? And they just shot him. Now they're going to hack. Now, oh, did they, are they hacking anybody else's body up with meat hooks? That's what this, this, uh, this movie has so much in it. There is no justice. There was never any hope. Right. Any of that. Oh my God. He was almost better off. And look at the look at the ending cinematography, the images. He's thrown in with the actual monsters as if he was a monster. This is great. Oh man. Wow, and just burnt up and wow. Uh, 
Wow. Wow. I knew it. I knew it. And, I, and George Romero, the people who made this movie, they did that on purpose. That ending. Don't you think? Yes, I do. I honestly do. Why did you why do you think they did that? Like, you know, why did what was what do you think we were speculating, but what do you think the message was maybe they were trying to convey? Well, I think because of it being framed in 1968 with the civil rights movie movement going on and I think there were really I think there was definitely a message going on here. Mm -hmm. You know, you have like a a person who's like very intelligent. I mean, saves everybody else. And yes. He's just a solid person. And then the horribly unjust things that it's the thing that happens to him, it, it's like, oh my God. They just assumed, and they didn't even like check on him, nothing to talk to him, find out like what happened, nothing. Right. They wait to ask. They just shot and didn't ask any questions. I mean, they just didn't right. even give him his. Ah, well. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I, I, go ahead. Well, I think that his casting, from what I understand, was not on purpose. He just read the best. Okay. Was, they actually wrote it for, like, a white person. Oh, okay. They just, yeah, but he just, and he, and he what, stuck to his guns. He was insistent that they not give him dialogue that made anybody sound like a hick or stupid or anything mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. They said, no, I'm going to talk like the educated person I am. Wow. You know, but uh, I, I really think that this evolved and it became, and I think it also, there's another message in here. I think it makes the military look very ineffective and mm -hmm. not very bright. Mm -hmm. And I think because Vietnam War was going on at the time, I think they were just trying to also make a statement about that, too. That's what I think. Yeah. And again, I can't believe this movie got made on so many different levels with the uh, the gore, um, you know, just the, the you know, because a zombie, you know, now we're so sophisticated now, you know, and a zombie, like, I don't look at any of that stuff, not a living dead or whatever, but, um, you know, because it's just, it's just not my type. I'm not a huge horror person, if if at all. Um, but this movie, I, I'm, at first I was like, oh, this is going to be so cornball cheesy because, you know, people always said a little line on oh, there, coming to get you, Barbara. You know, that's that's like a line. But I have never heard anybody talk about it. And, I, and truth be told, I never really pursued anyone reviewing this movie. But even when I look at stuff on black cinema and blah, 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 this guy... I've never heard this guy nor this movie mentioned. And like I said, it was truly groundbreaking on so many different aspects. And the, and the social commentary at the end, he died. And no one will know his story. Like if this had happened in real life, no one would know how this guy was a hero. And it's just, it's, it's just so poignant and just, uh, it's wow. And like, you know, I kept clowning and laughing you know making fun and hinting at his ending in the movie and i had no idea that's how he was actually going to wind up but i but you know when they brought in the mob or the, the so-called heroes you know the who were shooting the zombies in daylight okay now you're gonna go out in daylight well big whoop you know you're going in daylight and you know and, and now you can see the zombies clearly and you're going with your posse and there's a whole gang of y'all to uh fight these zombies and then you go out 
And I think they're talking about the power of the mob, you know, and like in a mindless, obviously a mindless mob, you know, because like I said, the guy's in a house. <laughs> he's black. He's like, you know, I sound like a broken record, but, you know, and I think a lot of people would try to marry what happened to uh, his, his Dwayne Jones's character to, you know, a lot of the social uh, unrest that we saw over the last couple of years with the police and all that. I mean, you know, you can try to tie that into, but I would not go there because this guy was an actual hero. He was not a criminal. He was not resisting arrest. So I, me personally, think whatever you want, that's your business, but there is no parallel to me. But I, but if you go back in the sixties and you know, you'd have to go back in the sixties where there was true, uh, race, racism, a systemic racism and social, um, injustice to black people and what we saw what happened to this man. So again, I can't believe this movie got made. And that's why I was asking you how successful I know now it's like a super cult classic, but, uh, I just thought it was about zombies. Uh, George, I had no idea it had all this social commentary in the, in the, in the, you know, like we were messing with the women, you know, and like I say, fast forward now, what a woman, they, the, the black man hero would have been replaced with a woman. She'd have been kicking the zombies' asses. Like I said, she'd have, like I said, she'd have picked the black man up and threw him on said zombies. You know, she she wear a buckle five wet, pick up a two hundred pound black man, throw him on the zombies, and everybody run off and escape. You know, just some foolishness like that today, and that's ridiculous. That is utterly ridiculous. So yeah. Anyway, I love this movie for. It's, it's uh, innovation and horror, and it's innovation and social commentary. So I'm a fan. What, what about you? Are you a fan? I'm a fan. Too. I have to say, I am. I have, but you know what I think would have been if they did a remake today? I think it would have been real interesting to have a black woman in the cast. Oh, Lord. What she was, you know, yeah, because she'd have, she'd have nagged and screamed and cursed out. The, the zombies would have ran away. Yeah, let's, let's make <laughs> Then say, you know what? Forget it. We'll we'll go. You better get your uh, 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 uh. <laughs> had her with her weave and her nails and the eyelashes and and turning the house up the upside down because uh because her card got rejected. Y'all MF and zombies better get off my MF and lawn. No, this ain't my damn house. <laughs> my child can play out here if they want. <laughs> the zombies would have killed themselves. So yeah. <laughs> edit this part out i'll edit this part out maybe maybe <laughs> I, i'll edit this part out for your sake certainly not for mine but um but no seriously all, all my, my kidding aside so why do you think a black you think you think they'll put a black woman in there? i agree with you you think so how do you think the movie would have done it would have just been a lot more it would have been fun and it would have just really you know uh i think added just another level of, of interest to the whole to the whole thing if we had a black woman in there but you know i i'm a fan i i am just really amazed at how this movie like you said how it was made and yes people had before had not seen a black person like this he took charge he took charge yeah he told us he was the leader and he wasn't just the leading man he was the leader right Right. And, uh, I, I was just, uh, you really say, you 
No, he, he did. He was really remarkable. Right. He actually was. I the movie. He really was. But he was, um, I mean, very realistic. Because he said, yeah. you know, at some point, I'm afraid too. Yes. You know? Yes. And he just says, he just takes care of people. And you think that, you know, everything, all his life experience led up to this point where he is just, like, trying to out- like come up with a step out, think the next thing. Mm-hmm. Even the people fighting against him, he's still even with you know that idiot guy, right? You know, that was like the star guy. Even with him, you know, having to face his opposition, you know, he still he comes right through. Right. He steps right up and does what he needs to do. So I'm just really amazed at how well he does. I just like was really so sick about the ending. I mean. Those people didn't know he could have been the owner of that house. That could have been his house. He Absolutely. They didn't, they didn't know any of that. They didn't stop, ask questions, nothing. They just figured, oh, well, he's, well, I'm just so busy shooting zombies. They didn't even... Right. I, I, I saw it maybe just, like, at the end, I'm going, like, ah. But, you know, you saw it coming, Moya. I mean, and, and so, like, the mob, they were, like, mindless zombies, too. Even though they weren't affected by it, if you juxtapose it, they were they were zombies, mindless because, zombies. Yes, that's an excellent point because it turned out that they were the real threat. Right. The they were the most deadly right there. They were the end. It was just right. And I think yeah. I think too, George Romero and the rest of the crew, the writers and and produce, you know, they had to keep it realistic. You know, because it was the 60s, it was the height of the civil rights movement. And even though they, they swept you off into this fantasy land with the zombies and such. But I love, you know, I hate, uh, I hate happy endings. I love realistic endings. You know, if, it's happy, if you have a happy ending, it got to be realistic. Um, but I love how they just batted the audience right back down to earth. Say, nope. A black man in 1960s America was was better off with freaking monster like zombie monsters than than opposed to you know the normal people like that so um and but that was the zeitgeist of the time i mean it it just and and like let's say not everybody i mean we know there was a lot of non-black people who contributed heavily to the civil rights movement we're not saying that but the system there was, that's why when people, you know, like I said, I don't want to get too much in politics, but when people try to compare those days to today, I flat out reject that because it, it is not the same. It is absolutely not the same. And I have relatives old enough who, you know, tell me, yeah, you know, you had these systems in place that were designed to hold, you know, black people back. But my people, they excelled in spite of, and they, and they did not use those uh, barriers to as an excuse to not excel and to make something out of themselves. So, you know, you have that bright spot that was in those days too. And they, and they passed that down to, um, certainly my generation, generation, uh, what we are generation X, I believe. But anyway, Georgia, what, what other trivia do you have for us? Well, let's see, you know, the cast of the crew, they were friends and relatives and they were local stage and amateur, uh, actors and local residents, and so, um, they, that's kind of, because they had practically such a small budget, and the guys who made this movie had actually done a little bit of work on commercials and industrial films, 
Okay. And so they thought, wouldn't it be great if we could do a movie like this? And so they just went out and did it. And they shot it like about 30 miles north of Pittsburgh. Mm. And they would have liked to have shown people coming up out of the grave, but they didn't have enough money to put into that. So they had to make it recently dead. They had to adjust the script that way. Oh, okay. And uh, so, yeah. So, yes, this was the very first of like five other uh, of the dead movies that were to follow. And... Um, Let's see what else. Uh, I think I may have mentioned that the dialogue in this movie was pretty much ad-libbed. It was improvised. Mm -hmm. So the director said, you know, you just describe the scene that's happening. And when it, for this movie to be shot in black and white, okay, you know what they use for blood? They used Bosco chocolate syrup. <laughs> I have to admit, I drank a lot of that stuff when I was a kid. <laughs> and they drizzled it over the actors' bodies. And so what they what they used was one of the people involved in the movie had a chain of uh, butcher shops. Mm. So he used some roasted ham and some entrails that they donated okay. uh, for secondhand clothing from the casting members. It was, uh, but the shooting of the black and white, I think one of the reasons that made it so effective is because it looks like a newsreel or a documentary. Yes. It has a stark, very stark authoritative quality. Yeah. And it gives it a realism. And, and so, you know, yeah, this movie, like you said, Moya, there's no Hollywood ending, no happy ending. And this is, at the time that this movie was made, it was the most profitable movie ever made outside of a Hollywood studio. Okay. Because considering they only had like about a budget of $114,000, mm -hmm. this movie, I think I heard somewhere, don't quote me on this, but I think I heard somewhere that it made... 35 times wow. the investment in that. And what happened was when they were making and issuing the movie, they just kind of did it like Saturday matinees. It wasn't like general release because no studios would buy the movie. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was it was not um, the copyright that messed up on it. So it was in the public domain. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, they messed up on it, and they it never got copyrighted, so this is a strictly public domain movie. Get yeah. out of here. Oh, wow. Because none of the wow. studios at the time would buy it, mm -hmm. and so, yeah, so these little kids were getting dropped off on Saturday at the movies. They go in and watch the movie before the, it, this was a month before the movie rating system started. Okay. And so there was no rating on it. All these little kids would go. Right. Going <laughs> having know, nightmares and. Becoming a nightmare for their parents. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, so there you go. That's what I was able... I did not read any reviews on this movie because I didn't want to know what happened. I didn't know what other people's take. I didn't want to know what other people thought of the movie. So I didn't mm -hmm. read any reviews. I just did, like, the basic, the making of. That's all I did. Okay, okay. No, good for you. Yeah, I didn't do anything either. I just want to go in... Uh, just totally innocent, if you will, and uh, naive and ignorant. That's the that's the word. I, how can I not say I'm ignorant? So <laughs> I just want to go in totally ignorant and uh, with this movie. And I'm I'm glad I did. Um, and guys, you know, we uh, you know, welcome to another episode of How Betty Davis Saved My Life: um, Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood. And, of course, I'm Moya, and my lovely co-host is... I'm Georgia. And we have Night of the Living Dead for you. 
And uh, if it, this seems like we're talking out of order. That's because we are. We uh, started looking at the movie. So when you see this reaction, this may be in the beginning of the movie or at the end of the movie. Because <laughs> we just started looking at it. And we didn't even do the intro. <laughs> we were so excited to look at it. And I am shocked, Georgia, that it had a life lesson in it. I was not expelled. Like, how are we going to get a life lesson out of a freaking zombie movie? Like, you know, like, don't die or something like that. <laughs> you know, how are we going to get a life lesson out of it? But we, but we, we did, uh, you know, just, I'm just shocked that it was successful and it got made. And, oh, boy, I, I, I'm a better person for having seen it. Let me just say that. So, Georgia, I'm going to give you, and, and we're celebrating Georgia's birthday coming up. Um, I guess this movie will be dropped around Halloween time. Um, I'm not a Halloween celebrator, but I am a Georgia celebrator. And so we want to do this for her because uh, she's a Halloweeny, Halloweeny baby. <laughs> so I'm always up for celebrating Georgia. But Georgia, I'm going to give you the last word. Is there anything else you want to say about 1968's Night of the Living Dead? I just want to say that, you know, this movie has always been on my bucket list. I'm so glad that I was able to share the experience and watch it with you, Moya. But I, I am just, I can't believe how much of a Pollyanna I was because I was really holding out hope to the end because I, the ending did come as a huge shock to me. I have to say, I, 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 I was... Yeah. Boy, no, because boy, you're just so. Like, well, I'm, I'm cynical. Way, no, I am not wise. I am cynical, and I and and see, I'm gonna tell you a, a, a secret. I don't know if you ever noticed the black person from like, uh, let's say like from the maybe like the late '60s, '70s, certain the '70s, '80s, '90s. They always were the first people to be killed in movies. And it was so apparent that I think either in Living Color back in the day, the uh, Kenan Ivory Wayne show that was on Fox or either Saturday Night Live, they did a parody about it. And so that's what really had me skeptical because, you know, Hollywood, you know, I'm not going to get into that, but they have not treated the, the black person's image very kindly, even to today. And I'm not going to get into all that. But yes, the black man was always cannon fodder. So as soon as I saw him and my antennae went up and they're like, oh, he, he's dead. So even at the, towards the end of the movie and when it showed the mob and how they had the little Southern accent and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, you know, that's a stereotype, unfortunately, for Southern whites. But I knew it. So I, I knew, like I said, like I said, the, the joke, uh, you know, I had that thing, like either he's going to get killed or he's going to send him to Vietnam. But let's hope. Let's hope. That um and I, and I don't know where I'm gonna place this commentary, Georgia, at the beginning or end of this movie. I, I, I guess I'll put it at the end since we talking about what happened to him. Let's hope that Dwayne Jones's the black man's character reanimated all went absolutely back crap crazy and choked and ate the shit. all them white people, all the who the, the the police department, the the uh the the guy with the um the yodeling guy's hat with the Rambo uh shells on. Let's hope he reanimated and went off. <laughs> Let maybe that's part two. Dwayne Jones's revenge, revenge of the, the zombie black man. And and maybe we're gonna make that I'm copywriting it. I'm I'm copywriting it right now. <laughs> I'm digitally copywriting. That's the only hope.
that we have for this movie because he because by he should have reanimated. We saw that in the movie. He reanimated and ate everybody. <laughs> then they went home and ate their children, ate the dog, the cat, ate everybody. <laughs> the parrot, granny, grandpa. I, I, he, I mean, he, the goldfish. He ate everybody right then and there. He gave zero f. So. <laughs> What did they say? It was ham bones, and it was like what did the? Yeah, they used ham. And, oh, don't ruin ham for me. I don't think I'm gonna stop eating ham. Some from a butcher. Oh well, I, I, nothing gonna stop me from eating ham. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna eat my ham. You pass that turkey on to me. Your turkey, your portion. You can pass that on to me. Well, guys, that's it. We had a blast doing this. Thank you, everyone, off our, our Facebook groups, our YouTube subscribers. Uh, we we love you guys. Uh, we had a great time chatting it up with you guys. Oh, seven days in May, y'all set it off on that review for that. Um, we we love you guys for that and for Gone with the Wind and Casablanca. We had a lot of great dialogue. Let's keep the dialogue going. We'll see you soon. Um, our next movie is The Women. So we yeah we totally shifting from from blood and guts. To, uh, butts and struts. So, <laughs> so guys, we will see you soon. Take care for How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood. I'm Moya. And I'm Georgia. You take care, guys. We will see you next time.